She's been taking shifts, hasn't she? demanded Drew as I woke. I could hear the gulping of the fourth next to me and the humming of the diagon monitor. From the antiseptic smell, I suspected I was in the hospital. According to Shelby Parker and Jade Scott, she has, yes, Zay answered. I opened my eyes halfway to see him, standing in his black flight coveralls at the foot of my bed. And they are, came Drew's response. I noticed Drew, out of the corner of my eye, sitting on the side of my bed. He studied the readings on the diagon monitor, grimacing. Shelby Parker has been Alex's company clerk for the last five years, and a research assistant with the IIB for the last three, Zay advised him, watching me look around, and Jade Scott is the first officer of the LVN. Why didn't she just obey my orders, Drew required, I still glued to the diagon. Monitor. Have you met Alex, doctor? She does not follow orders given by anyone ranked lower than her, he responded, smirking. He kept his eyes on mine. She barely follows the orders of people ranked higher than her. At least that hasn't changed, he muttered under his breath. We are short-staffed because we send officers to help at the front lines, I interjected, looking from Drew to Zay and back again several times. Did you really think I wouldn't get into the trenches to help out? We have vessels that need to be repaired. I closed my eyes for a moment, then opened them. We have sick officers from other vessels that need to be tended to. We have a person bringing weapons onto LVN who got past security. A killer to find. A daughter to save. You are one of those sick people I am trying to attend to, Drew said with grave deliberation. Your fever is spiking, but it is not from your arm, and there is nothing else to cause it. I turned my head to look at him and replied, I think that Dr. Barbie, I mean Weinhardt, said something about the pill I am on causing the symptoms of Bakir syndrome to appear and then lessen after two weeks you might want to consult with her. Drew stared at me and wondered, why do you call her Dr. Barbie? Because she looks like this Barbie doll that has been passed down in our family for six generations, I admitted, noticing he looked as good today in his mint scrubs and white lab coat as he had 15 years ago. I forced myself to return to reality. Can we do face masking on Samantha sooner rather than later? The locks know about her, and if they know, most likely my parents do too. The locks have been searching for her for years. They cannot know I have her, or she is going to live with them, and they are going to. Kill you, Zay interpreted, watching me until I met his gaze. You and I would still be married if it weren't for your parents and the locks. Drew turned to see Zay and pressed, Alex said you and her argued a lot. I thought that odd because I never saw you two argue about anything. I was always jealous of your relationship with her. So easy. We argued about her family and the locks, he expressed, glancing over at me, then back at Drew. They are manipulative and controlling, and will do whatever they can to get what they want. Back then, it was Alex to head Madrid Industries. Her dad and the locks wanted her to run it alone, but her mother thought Ethan should run it with Alex in a supporting role. He pursed his lips together, staring Drew down. We have to keep Alex and Samantha safe, Drew. You and I have never got along but I know that is the one thing we can agree on. I never figured out why you hate me so much especially after Alex and I broke up, Drew answered, folding his arms across his chest, holding Zay's gaze. I don't like you with Alex. She is special and deserves someone who loves her and puts her first, Zay explained, glancing over at me, then returned his eyes to Drew, but I suspect you never thought she was cheating when she disappeared all those times. I believe you blamed her, maybe on a subconscious level for what happened to Dominic. 
Drew's eyes widened and then blazed with white-hot anger. How could you even think that? There is nothing she could have done, she was severely hurt herself, how could you believe? He lowered his voice, looking at me then back at Zay, I don't blame her. I never did. I still care about her and will help you in any way I can to keep both of them safe. Good, Zay contended, darting his eyes between Drew and me, we are all on the same page. Zay, I broached, catching his eye, will you please go stay with the kids? I am sure Drew needs to keep me for a while. I know Samantha's there, but I would feel better if you would stay with them. Yeah, Drew insisted, looking back at the dyed monitor, I want to keep her here until her fever comes down, then we will talk about her taking shifts via teleconferencing, so she can rest and help the crew. I will be right back. I'm going to talk to Dr. Weinhardt. Drew stepped out of the room. Zay nodded, then kissed me on the cheek and headed toward the doors. I'll be there tomorrow at noon, I heard my father's voice say in my head. He and I had always been able to speak to each other directly through our thoughts. I didn't know everyone didn't have that with their father until I went to school and met children who didn't. It will be just me. Mom isn't coming with you? No, she had an emergency she had to take care of on Echo Seeks, and I really need to talk to you alone. Is everything okay? I just need to tell you something I should have told you long time ago. Every time I told your mother I thought it was time, we would end up arguing. I've got to go. See you tomorrow. Just then Drew moved back into the room. Dr. Weinhardt says the drug does this in most people within the first few weeks and it should dissipate within 24 to 48 hours. He sat on the bed and looked at the diagonal monitor again. How can you not, I asked, turning my head to look at him. He shifted to see me. How can I not what? How can you not blame me? I blame me. He studied me for a moment. How can I blame you, Alex? You almost died in that accident too. You did everything right. I closed my eyes briefly, then opened them. I am a federal agent. I'm supposed to protect people, to save their lives, and I couldn't save. I am a doctor. I save people's lives, and I always wondered if we hadn't argued, if I had gone with you both to see your parents, maybe a third person could have made a difference. Or you could have turned up dead-like. You never wanted to talk about him or what happened. I know what happened from the investigation, but I was grieving, and I needed to talk about him. You were too caught up in your own grief to see that I was hurting too. That is so not true, but that would require me to tell you the truth that I have been trying to avoid saying since we met. He eyed me curiously. Which is? I am an empath. I can sense and feel people's emotions. My mother told me not to tell people what I am because people will treat me differently, and made me attend sessions with a coach to learn how to suppress my empathic abilities. An empath? What does that have to do with, I could feel his doubt and frustration. I felt his emotions as he was leaving through. The terror, the sadness, the relief. I have relived it every single day. It got so bad that I started seeing Dr. Dakota. Drew opened his mouth. I put my hand up to stop him. Whenever I was with you after it happened, I felt your grief so strongly in mine as well. It was overwhelming, so I kept taking assignments with the project. I wanted to only feel my own grief for a little bit. I couldn't navigate my life because I lost my son, and not only did I have to feel my own grief but yours too. It is not your fault, and really, it is not mine. Being an empath is who I am. I'm sorry I couldn't be there for you like you needed. Drew took my hands and expressed, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry you had to go through that alone. I know working through my own grief was agonizing. I can't even begin to imagine what it was like for you. He took me in his arms and held me. I laid my head on his shoulder and whispered, I cannot lose another child. That is why I am fighting for Samantha. I cannot have her repeat my life. Is she an empath too? Or do you not know yet? It was quite evident from the beginning. I am not surprised. Ethan was one too. I think that is why he and I were such good friends. We understood each other. He broke away from me and admitted, speaking of her father, the autopsy revealed something interesting. He had a large gash on the back of his head with wood participles in it. Like someone hit him on the back of the head with a bat or a wood plank? Possibly but it was what was in his bloodstream that is the most telling part. I motioned him to continue. He had a drug in his system Rigalane, which at high doses kills the person instantaneously. He fought with his attacker, yes, but he was injected and hit his head at the same time. It was a large gash. It would have caused a lot of bleeding. Oh my lands, from what I gather from Samantha's drawings, she saw someone attack Ethan. He fought back. That is evident from the skin fragments under his fingernails and the bruises. She drew a puddle of blood. What if she saw him die? Maybe that is why she shut down like I did after not being able to save. What worries me is there are small traces of it in your bloodstream, and I don't know enough about this drug to know how it might affect you. Dr. Weinhardt does not know about it either, so she is researching it for me. Interesting, an android doctor who admits she doesn't know everything. He stroked my cheek with his thumb, staring at me. He leaned in and brushed his lips against mine. I felt the intensity of his love for me as my heart raced and my pulse quickened. I gently pushed him away. Drew, I can't. He searched my eyes and glanced away. I'm sorry. I thought we'd been having a moment. He returned his eyes to me. For the first time in a very long time, we were vulnerable with each other. It felt like it used to be between us. I know. You are an empath. You have to know I still love you. I have never stopped. I don't have to be one to know there is still something between us. I know you feel it too. I nodded and confessed, I do, and I still love you too. I never stopped either, but. We still love each other, and we have talked things through. Why wouldn't we get back together? He tilted his head. You don't want to? I promised myself when I came back and found you here that I wouldn't. That was before we talked things out, I voiced, folding the edge of my sheet over, but this situation with the locks and my family is going to get intense. They want my daughter and they will kill whoever gets in the way. If you hang around me, you are going to get hurt. I don't want that for you or Seth. I understand all that, but I don't want to be apart anymore if we love each other. We are better together than we are apart. I sighed. We can take it slow, right? You promised that we could get to know each other again as we are now, so can we start dating again and get reacquainted? He pressed his forehead to mine. Maybe we can start our morning routine again when you are better, jogging and eating breakfast together. My lips inched up at the sides. I like that. Perhaps we could have dinner and watch a movie with all the kids. I'm okay with all the wholesome, getting to know you and the family states, but... What I am asking you to do is commit to working things out with me. I'm asking you to commit to putting us back together. Yeah, I get that, and I am on board. I leaned in and gave him a long and lingering kiss. He returned my kiss, deepening it, then we started exchanging kisses for the next few minutes.